Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the eighth episode of the podcast, Captain's Quarters Intercom. And this is an interview with, uh, well, getting to know what uh, Josh McGuire and Dave pretty much know about, uh, like, biblical truth, I guess, like, what, uh, where we all sit there. It was a, it's a, it was a really interesting podcast, and uh, recommend you guys watch the full thing. Uh, really interesting conversation with the guys. Uh, really looking forward to continuing future podcasts with them. I have to make this video in the beginning because my original intro, uh, the audio had just terrible. Uh, my mic was way too loud. You couldn't even hear the guys in the first couple of minutes, but it only happened for the f first five minutes. Where usually I get cut off like an hour's worth of time, but um, I just wanted to say... Thank you, everyone, for just, like, tuning in here and actually, like, caring about what we have to say. Because in the, you know, I want to I be active in the, the conspiracy thing and, the, well, the whole realm of, uh, well, all realms of, of this world I, I want to hear their perspective of. So it was really interesting getting to know these guys, and I, I hope everyone enjoys this. And um, it's going to kind of transition weird, like... Um, it won't be totally clear. Ah, my headset's screwing up, but, um, yeah, we have technological issues. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be in a weird position, but I, I hope, uh, you guys just pick up after, uh, wherever this leaves off here, and enjoy. I really appreciate you guys. trust anything at this point i was like i don't i don't know what to believe and uh so that was my first thing was like verifying that those videos are real and then then i started looking into flat earth stuff i did come across 200 proofs and all that but i i, I like to me it was yeah i started looking at the stars with the p900 and the, and the moon and just everything and then really getting into like once you start asking the questions it just all unravels so I don't know what, you know, there was a guy, I think these guys are all shills, by the way, at this point, but there was a guy, um, what the heck was his name? Uh, he was like a rapper or something. He had a bunch of Flat Earth videos that came oh, across. Oh, I think I might know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, forgot his, I forgot his name. A reality or something, it's like truth something. He's got like some name like that, um, but yeah, he... He had like a 21 questions thing that yeah I, I know exactly who you're talking about i can't remember his name but he i'm sure he, he talks a lot about like zionism too right yeah yeah he's what got, is zionism uh, I, I i hear that sometimes i don't i have no idea what that is i mean I, gosh if you got a better handle on it go for it but. um i would just take that as the modern conception of uh of establishing a jewish theocracy 
in the uh, land of modern day Israel that it is now and I guess growing it and growing it in power take over the world with that yeah I guess you you could say that like the official definition would be to expand Israel to its either its historical roots or its promised root or or historical like land or its promised land or you could take it a step further and say it's about you know controlling everything and that's kind of the root of the you know Jews control everything conspiracy theories is is the the fact of Zionism and then you know that deeper part is you know people um, making the argument that Jews either want to control everything or they already do control everything type of thing yeah, yeah I think I it involves like... taking over the world like they, like they they want their prophesied program to happen without Christ essentially like it's gonna they bring it forth they believe yeah. they have the right to rule the world essentially I do feel like they have like deep I mean I've seen so many like symbology I mean tie in with masons and just I mean the Jewish star itself is like a I forget what kind of like it represents uh, oh yeah 666 if you if you count like the hexagon and uh, shape in the middle as like six uh, sides six points and then if you uh, the points of the star is the third six so it's yep. yeah definitely like all yeah, on the plan side <laughs> yeah and I, I mean I even question that you know I mean so obviously I come at it from like I, I was a ni- I called myself a nihilist agnostic before I realized the earth was flat and everything and so I just sort of didn't think you could know any kind of answer but once i discovered that truth it's sort of you know the idea that everything's random just goes out the window like it just you throw out i threw out evolution i threw out everything involved with an infinite space that's billions and billions you know all that so just settle on a creator like there has to be a creator and it's the only logical explanation in my mind so I come at it from that standpoint and coming at it from, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I eventually came to be a King James Bible believing King James Bible believer. Right. So, um, that's the lens I'm looking at it through now. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so Zionism, you know, the whole idea of, uh, Zionism and all that, it's sort of, it all makes sense. And, and the, uh, and the lens, it, through that biblical lens, um, you can see why uh, the things are happening the way they are. Um, and I forget what our subject right before this was. I just already scatterbrained, but um, oh, that's all good. And why I went on that, but yeah. So I mean, I, I see, I see the flat Earth as an attempt to hide God. Like that's the only reason, the only reasonable explanation I can come up with for why they would why they, they would lie on it i don't believe them they print money like there's they make up the monetary system there's no the, the money isn't the issue uh you know the the you know if you look into oil like oil is just created by the the, the the underground like all these things all tie together yeah and, yeah uh, i actually have a good uh documentary about that i feel like you might have seen it before because yeah you have the same uh, opinion about that as i do how oil is just like the set more like the second most abundant liquid on earth or something like that 
Just yeah, it's like water. Related, yeah. And like water too. I mean, water comes from somewhere. I mean, it's not like I don't I don't believe the water cycle anymore, right? The you know the it's there's these springs and they come from there um and it's infinite right so there's there's these things that just you know are from the creator and uh you know we have no explanation for it and we can't explain any of this stuff and that's the whole point is that we are so far below whoever created this whole situation um yeah i feel like that's like the the laws of an enclosed system it just proves it that further that you need like an actual enclosed environment to produce like an ever ending cycle of you know rain and this you know the water cycle yeah and it can and there's but someone can add to it right like someone can add more water like we use water water gets used up somehow but yet it never will go away and i mean of course that's a conspiracy in itself that the idea that there's this water scarcity and that we're gonna have these water wars but <laughs> Same with food. Uh, <laughs> like, we're going to have to eat bugs. <laughs> yeah. Hear that all the time from Klaus Schwabenheimen. Yeah, I mean, and once yeah. you get this far through the conspiracy stuff, you realize that 90% of them are fake. Like, they're, like they're fake conspiracies just to keep you distracted from reality. <laughs> and and then you get called a shill, right? Because you start saying, oh, no, this isn't real. That's not real. Because the people that are deeply invested in those particular things really want to believe them and i used to believe a lot of that stuff too but then you just realize it's it's all just a distraction whether it's kennedy assassination or whatever mm -hmm. uh, it's multi-layer distractions yeah they'll only give you like some some truth and hide the rest like a lot of control opposition work that way yeah i i, yeah, like I actually got involved with conspiracy that way though i i don't like to bash it too much just because I think I got involved and really interested in the conspiracies when I heard about the QAnon thing. Like, I got, like, really interested. I was like, wait, there, there's this, like, adrenochrome that you can harvest from kids that are terrified, and then you can <laughs> then be young, and these people might be doing this. And um, turned out yeah. later on, during On the Road, I, I learned that uh, it wasn't... That, that whole thing was, like, a shell just made up to, you know, like, Trump and all these people that are propped up to be like saviors of our uh, <laughs> up world that it just turns out to be the, you know, puppets, same people as everyone else. Yeah. I was, I was big time Trump train, you same. know, before I got, before I realized the earth was flat and everything. And it actually took the flatter earth to, for me to get off that. Cause he did a, he did a big meeting with uh, the ISS, like from the oval office and, congratulating them on everything and he and then he said like and, and this woman ex clearly a man was like you know being congratulated on her 666 day in space and like <laughs> it's all it's all just there and J trump even makes a joke about how it looks like he can't believe they're there and, you know so it's all and then i'm just realized he's part of it like it's he's just another actor on this stage and it's it was it's pretty incredible when you realize that but dude he has so many instances like what it, what got me Honestly, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of RV Truth on YouTube. Uh, Russian videos, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. I, I, I love his videos. Um, but pretty much, uh, the, he had like a Trump video uh, of, you know, catching him on camera doing like these certain Mason signs. It's like a uh, upside down triangle with the hands or. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's always. It's just like thumbs pointing up or. <laughs> 
I, I that, that's what got me and then I, I showed one of my so I used to go to a church and um, that's a whole other story of why I don't go there but I, I showed my pastor uh, like because he was like a Trumper fan you know and um, I showed him these videos and he's like <laughs> you, you, Trump's a mason too <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> what um, kind of church did you go to Oh, it was, it was like a really, um, by the Bible, like, I'm pretty sure it might be like how you are, uh, approach it because it's like the King James, um, yeah. living a holy life. Uh, I, I was doing that Not for that part, about, like, five or six months. Like I was like strictly living by the Bible and like, is this because of flat earth? Um, yeah. And, and like I was presenting that idea. So I was like into flat earth for about a year now, I'd say and i presented this idea to them and they were like you know skeptical but i'm but you always have to show them the information whenever you're trying to sell anything you have to present the information you you gotta build up to it and then you gotta make the proposition so if this was like this then the earth would be flat because this you know or whatever it is but um they, they just texted me randomly i haven't been there for like two months but um one of the church members, he's a really nice guy. I love them all, really. I love talking with them all. Um, texted me. He's like, so in the Bible, it says um, that, so we're going to believe that it's the, it's a, a globe because in the Bible it says the circle of the earth, and the, I think it's like in an, an Isaiah scripture or something. But I'm like, yeah, a circle means like, you know, it's like a circle represents like a flat disc, you know, on a piece of paper if you were to draw a circle. It's, you know, if they they wanted to make it three-dimensional they'd say sphere or you know something more descriptive towards that you know the nature of the three dimension except instead of you know they, they every single word they use is so important like that's what i think a lot of people don't understand when, when it comes to the bible it's it's a deeply allegorical book and uh, has so many hidden meanings to it uh really good i don't know if you've guys heard of um bill donahue on youtube don't think I've heard of him. Yeah, he's pretty underground. He has like ninety thousand subs, <laughs> but um, he's. A, I've been watching a lot of his lectures. He pretty much posts every well. Every uh, he's month. uh, I I know who he is. He's like um. He's like an astrotheologist, uh, Dave. Astrotheologist. Uh, uh. Like what's that guy's name? San like Santos or Santos Bonacci. You you've heard of him? No. no. Yeah, I mean they they teach kind of the same the same thing. They essentially teach that the Bible is a allegory of a new age um, oh, gotcha. yep. type of thing, and they teach you know kind of like I guess Jesus is the sun, like the actual sun, and Adam is an atom. Oh, okay. Know? Well, yeah, but you gotta get you gotta get past, like you gotta realize atoms aren't even real. Like atom that we were taught, atoms are real by the same people that taught us about a wet spinning ball. I mean, all that stuff has to be reevaluated. And you get into like atomism being this old philosophical idea that they just rolled into reality with this idea of atoms. But they always have to, you know, the scientific, you know elite whatever you want to call them the religious system that runs the world has to have an explanation for everything so atoms is one of their it's also the you know the connection right everything very small 
is the same as everything very large so that you can think that there's an entire universe inside your atoms and then we could our universe could be just in the atom of something else right no this is really i've never thought of this actually no you're right you're really right about that though like they they found like everything even it's it ties deep like within everything in our society like yeah it doesn't stop but the, the flat earth is the absolute beginning like and, and that's the thing like you got a it, like quantum physics like all the things that's all that's another religion they've 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 put on top of it um to be able to explain you know and cern and all this stuff discovering the higgs boson particle and um what are they doing over there for real and all, you know i think personally you know sir i'm sure you've looked into it that that's all a show too you know they've pushed the idea of a mandela effect the cern people have been involved in the pushing of that conspiracy and then um and then if you think about it if you take the bible not as allegory but as literally true yes there is allegory yes there is illusion and things like that in the bible but it's no different than any other book like you know when there's an allegory you know when there's an illusion you just read it like another book and it'll tell you like it's like this or as that and it's you know, compared to something else, like the sky is <clears throat> is hard like a molten looking glass. It's not literally a molten looking glass. It's hard like that, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, but in the end times, in our future, sometime maybe in our lifetime, maybe not, like there's stuff that's going to go down that they're going to have to say something like, yeah, CERN went and ripped a hole in, in the dimension. That's why you have all these movies about multi-dimensions like uh, Doctor Strange in the multiverse because they're going to say this, Tear was made in the dimensional in dimensional rift, and these creatures are coming out from it, and they're invading our our, you know, it's another way of the alien invasion. However, they it could be the alien invasion, it could be that interdimensional invasion, but the, the those events that happen in in prophecy in the prophetic books and in Revelation, are going to actually happen, and they're going to happen as it says it. Like there's going to be these locusts flying around with faces of a woman and long hair and breastplates, and they're going to be stinging people and they're going to want to die and they're not going to be able to and all that stuff and that you're not going to be able to explain that unless you have everyone thinking about multi-dimensions and things like that yeah and like a lot of people put down the like i don't have much against like the the mythical creatures and stuff like that like they're, they're, our world has definitely been super manipulated to the point where i mean anything could be history so like i'm not shut down to the idea of anything like mythological or anything like that like uh well it went well, well taking it as reality i mean not mythological but uh yeah like they're like giants and stuff like that like i, I, yeah. I yeah i feel like there's like that stuff back then yeah if you look at if you look at in genesis 6 um they ha there's angels that come down and mate with human women and they create those offspring which are the giants like and it's commonly called nephilim but that's that's like a that's just a confusion that they put into the, the, the giants and they you know are the sort of the backbone of all those greek mythologies like hercules and all the sons because in the bible god is a capital g god but there's many small g gods all the all the fallen angels and stuff that rebelled with lucifer they're all small g gods god calls them gods and so that it's it's got it's children of gods and went female women and they you know like zeus mated with a woman and created perseus and all these you know that's where that all comes from and then 
in Genesis, they also had before Noah's time the corruption of all flesh on the earth. So you can imagine what they're able to do, like centaurs and half man, half half horses, ha you know, satyrs, the goats, and half man, half goats. Who knows what the heck they were able to do? But the idea is that back in the day, you know, it was much more advanced than it is today. Like we, any kind of advances that we have today, like computers, right? You know how computers keep getting more and more advanced. There, there's a law that says, you know, I think it's Moore's law that it's always going to continue until the, you know. But this stuff, I I would say, we've always had this type of technology. It's been drip released us to us over the years, and it's just, um, you know, because back in the, you know, people early in Genesis were experts in all these different crafts and stuff. So, I don't know. I sort of, I think we've just been drip fed this drip fed the drip fed this stuff. Um, to make it seem like we're making these great advancements, but and it, and it's how they get away with a lot of their nonsense. Is they like if if you realize they had CGI better than we can see today, like 70 years ago, you could see how people could be tricked into stuff. You know, even if you know 70 years ago they didn't really have TV, I guess. But that's the idea, though. Like the TV was already the ability to make the TV existed before the TV came out. Dude, the, I just. It's it's crazy to speculate when, like when when was the origin of the Masons? You know, like we're I mean, do these go like way back? Like so, like if there was this really great civilization back then, um, you know, it built all these wonderful buildings and stuff. I wonder if they were like an existing culture for a long time in that you know civilization. Well, um, they claim they themselves claim that it was Salt King Solomon. They they like highly revere him, uh, his pillars uh boaz and jakeson and and it's all heavily involved in all of their stuff they got the two pillars in their imagery and you know he you know he's the one well if you if you if you follow king solomon in the bible right he was greatly blessed by god the son of david king uh king ruled over the greatest most prosperous time of of israel's uh reign and then by the end of his rain he fell into all sorts of like witchcraft and like so it, imagine a man that knew everything like knew all the secret things of the occult like how to do necromancy and summon summon the dead right how to how to do all the the spells and things that the elite know about today um it all came from his wisdom like he was he knew everything he knew the earth was flat he knew you know how the stars you know aligned with things and all that so i think they think he was the first mate like they, they would claim he's the first mason and then to go from there but his fall was sort of like when he got into witchcraft he had like a thousand concubines concubines uh you know got him worshiping other gods small g gods like those fallen angels i don't know that, what concubines is <laughs> uh like just a like a a like king a slave wife's essentially yeah, a wife like a like a not a wife but like a, a slave whore Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. like, a, like, like a, yeah, like your women slaves that you have kids with, essentially. Okay. Yeah, he had like he had his head. Yeah, he he had more women than Jerry Seinfeld has cars. You know, he just he had all these women that he was uh and and they would all get him into all these different things. But yeah, you know, there's all there's lore about his ring and and Solomon and and, and that he was seeking the philosopher's stone and all this stuff, and um, you know, and and masonry is heavily involved with alchemy and and that whole 
quest for the Philosopher's Stone, which is also why you have, I don't know if you've seen it, looked into the transgender stuff, but like, it's why they're trying to unite, unite the genders into one, like a single androgynous human, because uh, that's the whole goal of alchemy and the Philosopher's Stone and stuff like that. It's like trying to get back to Adam before Eve came out of him. That's their thought, is they want, and, the, and that will achieve immortality. Because uh, Adam was immortal, he was made a living soul before the fall. So it's uh, it gets into some craziness. Oh, so I, I was in the flat Earth before Christianity. Okay, so same as me then. It, it was just you came to the same conclusion that there must be a god then. Yeah, it kind of feels like right now. I, I'm honestly like I'm. I'm still kind of like figuring things out, you know, I think that's every, with everything, but, uh, with everyone, I mean, but, you know, I, I feel like, uh, so a while back I, I saw my pastor and, uh, so Bridgman's is the restaurant I work in and I uh, used to work in and I, I saw him when I was busting tables and we had a talk, uh, cause I'm, I'm interested in like revelations and stuff like that. So we we're talking about that for like probably like a half hour of my time, but, um, he invited me to the church and pretty much uh, ever since well the thing that really grabbed my attention was when he said that there isn't any like religions mentioned in the bible like there's not like um, you know protestantism catholicism lutheran like nothing is ever mentioned in it and like uh, I was just like, oh, I, I guess I never thought about that because I was raised in like a Lutheran system in there, um, and I, I never really understood like what it meant to be a, a like reborn Christian, you know. Um, but I, I went through that process, and uh, you know, whatever a Christian would uh, do, you know, for for forsaking a life of sin, and you know. So yeah, that's a big, that's a big misconception. So I'll just put this out there that. 99% of churches that you that say they're Christian are a false some sort of false version of Christianity and so just because someone says they're Christian like first it sounds like you got the right he's got the right Bible the King James right the King James Bible yeah so uh, this pastor he's he's really like on the same grounds with you I, I think you guys would agree on a lot of um, like he everything that he like everything he has opinion about is based on the bible like anything so yeah the, the the thing is though like the bible like you can take the bible and pretty much prove anything like you, you can you can take verses out of different eras and and say okay this this says this and you know so i don't know if you've noticed if you've read it but the the apparent contradictions like i'm sure i think josh mentioned to you the idea of dispensations and stuff but yeah, like That's if you funny. take everything literally, you can get con uh, contradictions and stuff like that. But if you take it for that deeper allegorical meaning, you can get the it, it never does. And that's like that's kind that's kind of like what keeps me in the middle. Like I'm not saying like God doesn't exist, but it, like on the other end, I'm like, you know, it, it just kind of seems too true of a reality that we thrive in, and we're just like so perfectly living in this. Uh, established world it's just like too i don't know it just seems too real to be a simulation you know <laughs> yeah i mean there's and you're hitting on uh what paul uh apostle paul says yeah that's what i was that, thinking about in in romans yeah. paul says um that creation itself i'm paraphrasing is 
a proof of God existing. So, you know, not believing in God and not seeking after him, you, you don't have an excuse because the world makes itself apparent. I'll, I'll that read it, it was period. Yeah, I'll read it. It says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the, uh, the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So, like, that's why they hide. That's why the devil, Satan, hides the reality of creation, because when people can see it for what it is, it's obvious. It just, it's, they know, you know, there's a God. And that's what happened to me. It's what happened to you. Um, and that's why they hide it, because they want you to see this false thing that sort of puts a veil over the creation um, so that it can give you a little bit of a more of an out, like, oh, yeah, it's billions of years, evolution, whatever. When you know well, you know damn well that if you found, you know, even like my my pastor said the other day, if you see a birdhouse, you know that birdhouse was made by something. It's like it's just a some pieces of wood with a hut, you know, but yet our the human body and eye and everything is so infinitely complex and people think it's random. So it's sort of, that's how they've done it is by hiding the simplicity of creation that we're in this giant clock. We're literally like the sun and the moon are the hands of the clock. And it's just counting down to that time in revelation. But what, 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 what concerned me is what, what you said, it was living this holy life and for good, for, for like forgoing sin and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's one of the big, if you read the if you read the King James, and this is why I call myself a King James Bible believer, forget about denominations or whatever, because it's what the mm -hmm. Bible says. And uh, there is no way that any of us can forego sin or, you know, not be sinful or, or you know, that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to kind of talk to you about that kind of stuff and how to know that. Um, so like because. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good. So my, my pastor would bring up uh, I I can't really remember good off the top of my head, but I think I think it's First John like three nine, um, or something. It, there's like a couple of uh, scriptures where it says like, uh, you're to like not do it ever again or something like that. Where it's uh, I can't whoever is born of God doth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God yeah that's it yeah, yeah. and that's so So this is a perfect example I don't know if you have a King James available or if you have yeah, eSword yeah. Or anything I'll like grab that. it it's arms reach if you don't have eSword I highly recommend it it's super awesome to use on your computer um, it's just eSword.net a quick download and it lets you just jump around like instantly. Yeah, yeah. I, hear do... him. I think I just got a. I'll just go on the King James Bible.com. Okay. Hey. So, I just I, I just wanted to show you a couple things, related to this idea of context, because when you when you take things literally in the Bible and then you find contradictions, so then you have to spiritualize it or make it allegory that's like a red flag because um then you'll then people can do that whenever there's something they don't understand and um but this this issue is easily resolved with this idea of rightly dividing um and the first you know the first what we're talking about is in uh first timothy um right here
2 uh, Timothy 2.15, right? It says, show thyself, um, study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, so the word of truth is the word of God, is the Bible, scripture, whatever you want to call it. And then, so there's this idea of you can be approved unto God by rightly dividing it. So what does it mean to rightly divide the Bible? And the idea is, <clears throat> it's very simple. If you just look at James, right? Look at James 1, James 1, 1. So James 1, 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Who is the book of James written to? I have no idea. So just read it. Read James 1, 1 again. James, servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the... Oh, okay, yeah, 12 tribes uh, which are scattered <clears throat> so, abroad. Yeah. So that's to the 12 tribes of Israel. Like, that's... This is not so the idea is that the whole bible isn't about us there like the bible spans from the beginning all the way to the end you got adam to revelation and creation to revelation and new heaven and new earth and eternity and there's different parts of the bible that are written to different groups of people and um, there's parts of the bible that are written to people in the future which is this james 1 1 uh, james is written to Israel at when they're scattered in the future because the Bible is it goes beyond our lifetime, right? So just like if you go in the back and you start reading uh, the law of Moses You know Moses has was given this law for Israel to live under and he's got all these rules and, and law in Leviticus Deuteronomy But that was for Israel under that old program, right? And most most churches nowadays kind of understand that because they know it's ridiculous to try to live in our law. There are some people that try to do it. But if you were to think that the whole Bible is written to you, you read the law, which I did this too. I made this mistake. You start to think, oh man, I got to start, I got to start doing this stuff. And it's just not the case because once you get through it, you realize that Paul, the apostle Paul was given a new revelation by Christ after he rose. So he, Christ died on the cross and he rose again, and then he came to Paul, and he gave Paul some specific information about a dispensation of grace that we're in today. And so our our part of the Bible that's written to us is Romans through Philemon, which is Paul's epistles. And he wrote, he, he's the apostle to the Gentiles, which we are, we're not Israel, we're the Gentiles. And he tells us how to get saved today, what, what, the, what the gospel is and all that stuff. And... Uh, you know, you can prove, like, for instance, a lot of people think, you know, in the in the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, John, that they that they were preaching the same gospel that we were today, that that people are today. Um, but the gospel today is simply that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and rose again. He he paid the payment that we owe, and there's nothing that we can do. Like, we can't add anything to that payment. Um, and we can't, and all we have to do is believe that he did it, that he was sufficient. Um, and, you know, his, his blood was a sufficient uh, payment. And then that's it. It's over. There's no sin. There's no sin that can make us fall away. We're eternally secure today. But when you get into these future Israel epistles, which is like, um, once you get into Hebrews to Revelation, 
that's not written to us anymore. And you'll start getting into this issue of being able to lose your salvation and falling away. And um, when, if you've, if you've tasted of the truth and you turn away from it, you, you know, there, there's no more sacrifice for sin, all these things um, that are written to future Israel. So that's the idea of right division is that, you know, that, you know, that there's no tree that you don't have to eat, that you can't eat the apple from. Everyone knows that. Everyone rightly divides Adam and his dispensation away, but they fail to do it for the rest of the Bible. Does that make sense? I don't really understand what dispensation means. <laughs> so it's just a, it's a, you know, if you're like a Pez dispenser, right? So you're, you're okay. dispensing, it's it's a, it's a oh, okay. dispensing of information from God. Okay. So, okay. So when I say a lot of people think of it as like a time period, but it's really uh, it's it's when more information is given by God. So Jesus was God in the flesh, right, walking in the earth, and he was a minister to Israel. If you look at um, let's see if I can find the verse. It's in Romans. Um, yeah, Romans fifteen eight. Um, it says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. The fathers is the fathers, the fathers of Israel. It's it's like Abraham, Isaac, um, and and the twelve, um, the twelve tribes. So, um, and to go further with that, um, Paul says, uh, well, to go to to say that so so. So Jesus, when he walked the earth and he was preaching, he was preaching to Israel. This is this is key for this whole idea of right division, is that um, when you read Jesus's words in the red text or whatever, a lot of people like to follow Jesus's words, but he was preaching to Israel. <clears throat> and when you um, even look at um, where is this the the woman? There's a Canaanite woman in Matthew 15. It says, "And behold, a woman of Canaan came unto." Uh, came of the same coast and cried unto him, this is Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this is Jesus saying he's only being sent to Israel. We are still Gentiles. We're still outside of Israel. And... um. And then she says, and then she came and worshiped, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, uh, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Uh, so now he's equating her to a dog. That's where you get the whole idea of goyim and all that. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, her, O woman, great is thy faith. So she realized that the Gentiles are going to be blessed through the blessings of Israel in, in the world. But Christ, when he was walking on the earth, he wasn't talking to us. He, he, he was talking to Israel specifically. And um, you can get into um, more of that with Paul and his writings. When he, when he talks about um, in Galatians 2.7, he says, When they saw that the gospel of the circum uncircumcision was committed to me, as the gospel of the circumcision was to Peter. So there's two different gospels here. You got the, the gospel of the uncircumcision, which is us, because we're not Israel. And the gospel of the circumcision was Peter's gospel, um, and then it says, and when G and then it says, for he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. That's Paul writing that. So Peter and the twelve, 
were had this gospel of the circumcision for Israel, and then Paul was given the gospel of the uncircumcision for Gentiles, us. So there's these, if you read, if you read the gospels or you read these areas, and they're talking about there's multiple gospels. You can't just take the word gospel and think it means the same thing, right? Um, and that can be proved out too. Like, uh, and I'll just stop here because um, I'm kind of going on a rant. <laughs> no, no worries. No, it's, it's pretty good. I, I like it. Um, so the, the the thing that gets me is so like uh, I saw this one video on uh, probably a month or two ago. Uh, it was from Eric Dubay, and I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Jesus Christ didn't exist. It's called. Yes. Yep. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. What What are you, What are your thoughts about that? I'm really interested in that, just because like that's the video that kind of like turned me down from Christianity. Like, yeah, so yeah. first of all, I think it's important to realize that the people who rolled out the flat earth, right? Who, who, why did the flat earth all of a sudden become this huge thing in 2015? Um, you know, all of a sudden a book came out, it got popular on YouTube, all sorts of people started getting into it. And I, I mean, I was, I got into it in 2015. What book are you talking about? Huh? The 2000, the 200 proofs book. Oh, he wrote a book on it. I, I thought it was just a video. <laughs> well, they, he's he's made it into a video, and you can get yeah. it anywhere. It's basically okay. free. But yeah, it was a book originally. <laughs> I believe yeah, it was yeah, published I, I in 2014. About that. I, I, I see that on. Uh, I don't, and oh, I forgot so, about that. so Eric Dubay essentially is like one of the the spearheaders of this uh, release of information to us. And so uh, what I'm getting at is that this information is not like that a bunch of uh you know underground conspiracy theorists went and figured this stuff out like it's been released by the people in control uh as a for whatever reason it could be that it has to be released it could be that um it's being used what i believe like the air to bay way is like he will show you the truth if, if you get someone to show you the truth like that like flat earth um it's so major and big that you're gonna like trust that person and then so when they lead you astray you will follow them off the cliff. And that's what I believe Eric Dubé is doing with that specific video of Christ and also with his yogi stuff. Like he's big into um, meditation and people bringing people into this new age idea of like, we are all a piece of God or we're all, God got bored and shattered himself into a billion pieces and we're all these little shards of God trying to find himself again. But it's like a you pretty know. strong argument he holds up though. Like I'm... Well, his, but the thing me, is... You know? But what I'm getting at is that when, if you look at history, like, or any history, like a book or anything written, like, what is it? What is history? Or what is this information written by a man or men at some point in time? Because yeah. if, if you look at the history of 9-11, what do you get if you look in the history books? Well, yeah, the official narrative. Right. So yeah. it's it's all, all history is, or all the books that we have are, is the the history of the narrative or the history of the script as it's written. My question is, um, so that right away, I just throw out all history. Like I don't even care about what someone found in a book somewhere because all that is to me, if someone in 500 years dings up a book about 9-11, it's going to say that some terrorists at box cutters, you know, flew planes, you know. So why would I rely on historical book 500 years ago? Because why why isn't it the same narrative or play being played out 
So it, it, we got to be able to prove like they didn't start like this false reality didn't start until a certain date or something, which I haven't been able to do. And so I, I don't trust any of that kind of stuff. I just look at the whole idea of like, why are they hiding this? And then, for instance, you realize that once you realize that space is fake and all that, and you see all Star Trek, Star Wars, all these things like I used to love, I still still like it. I mean, that's just my childhood. It's full of it. Um, all the entertainment, you realize that you're like, wow, all like Star Trek and Star Wars, these things I love are just super good indoctrination. It's like the best. It's like, man, we love our indoctrination. And yeah, they love to get you attached to the whole idea of uh, being in this floaty space where you get to go to different planets and travel. And I think it's just like trying to tie us closer into transhumanism, like being acceptable or accepting like a machine in our body sort of really. yeah like it's uh you know built off of the idea that we're just like nothing floating in the on a ball in the middle of space and uh you know there's other life forms out there <laughs> yeah, it breeds nihilism it breeds what i used to be i was an agnostic nihilist i just thought nothing really mattered whatever maybe we're all made of star stuff and we're all going to go back to the stars when we die whatever and we'll be energy because you can't con law of conservation of energy you can't destroy energy our consciousness is energy and um so i sort of fell into that for a little bit but my question is once you realize that all entertainment and tv is programming they call it programming it's indoctrination yeah why is it why is it that every tv show every movie every everything that i see all the time every person that I know who's part of like the program, they use the name Jesus Christ as a slur, as a explanation, as why that name? Like why is his name in entertainment? And then that's why they that's why we do it. That's why humans like I I used to use it or I still sometimes do, you know, or my neighbors will say his name as an explanation or a slur or whatever. And it's yeah. because it's in movies, it's in T V, it's in television, it's all over the place. Oh really? Like the like if I were to, like a like Jesus Christ, like that's like that right. thing is not a. Oh, I, I did not know that. That's that's crazy. Hey, like, I would love. An pay attention next time. You, oh, like the uh, man. I I mean, the, just next time you watch anything, just pay attention and you'll it'll start popping out. But like it's it's mm -hmm. yeah that way of saying Jesus Christ like that is everywhere, and so to me that's part of the program. Like, for whatever reason, they're indoctrinating humanity to use that name in that way. And so that's just, I call it tracing the maze backwards, is how I came to all this, is that you, know, you look at, you know what's evil, you know what the enemy is, you know that, like, there's these liars and they're trying to deceive us. And for whatever reason, they're trying to hide God. So why would they try to hide God? And then you see this Jesus Christ being said like that as a slur and then you it sort of pointed me towards jesus christ to look into him a little bit and you know the catholic church is evil you know you know there's these things out there that yeah. you got the catholic church that represents christianity in, in movies every movie and tv show it's never it's hardly ever like a baptist it's like a catholic priest or whatever that yeah. they show as as christianity and then they put out in the news all the pedophile stuff so they immediately get people connected between Christianity and pedophiles. And, you know, they make these. So this is your straw man creating this false idea of what Christianity is in people's heads. And this is all done through entertainment as well. And the news, because we know the news media is also part of the indoctrination program. It's not telling us the truth. 
So all this stuff about Catholic priests and touching and all that, maybe that's happening, but the reason it's being thrown out into the news and made public is to create that negative light on what people think Christianity is. So what you, I mean, it worked. I want to, yeah. I really want to know what, what do you think Christianity is? Like what, or uh, are you in like a denomination? Cause I think you said you're non-denominational. Yeah, no, I just, I consider myself a King James Bible believer. So I believe the King James Bible is literally the word of God preserved for us today. Like, God wrote a book, and He preserved it for us in the King James Bible in the in the language of the end times, like English. Yeah, you know, before the the Tower of Babel in the Bible, everyone spoke one language. They tried to build a tower up to the firmament, probably to invade heaven. Who knows what they were trying to do? Um, and God came down and confounded their language, created all the languages, and then ever since then they've been talking in symbols right that that's why you have all these symbols because all these confounded languages started communicating in symbols and we have this occult uh secret societies that are working together through these symbols until today where we have english which is the final language of the end times it's going to be the one world language that's going to bring this whole thing forward that's what the bible's written in the king james it's the preserved word today that's what i believe that is perfect. There's no errors. There's nothing. Um, so that's where I come from. And and so there's no denomination. Um, I believe the earth is flat. I believe it's described in the Bible perfectly. I believe the well. I won't say flat. It's whatever it is. It's the it's biblical creation. It's it's the, it was created the way it's described. It's it's all the attributes of it. It has pillars. It's unmovable unless God moves it with an like an earthquake, um, things like that. So. Um, that's how I come at it, and I just read the Bible for myself. And what I've done is, as I've read the Bible, I've tried to find, you come up with doctrine, right? These things, like I found the contradictions, like I was listening to Baptist preachers, and they didn't know about the two different Gospels, the circumcision versus uncircumcision. So they're trying to work out these these conflicting passages by spiritualizing it or whatever. When in, when they just So I just found people that, okay, these people see what I see, until I finally got to a guy who's this, my I consider him my pastor. His name's Paul Lucas, and he actually is a pastor. Of, if the letters on the church are Baptist, but he's not a Baptist, he just has that name on the church because he hasn't changed the name. He's just a Bible believer. He reads the Bible, he studies it, and he just teaches what it says. Um, and that and and that includes yeah, rightly dividing. Yeah, you got to well, rightly divide. Well, if you don't rightly divide, it's over. I mean, you're which, gonna get. Which we probably should uh, should probably mention. The mystery versus the prophecy. Yeah. So, yep. I'll I guess I'll explain a little bit about that. Is that when Jesus died and he was crucified and resurrected, the Jews that were following him, Peter and the other apostles, they were expecting for Jesus to come back in that kingdom to be established. So they came to the Jews and said, "Hey, look, you killed your Messiah. You need to repent." Um, you need to repent and be baptized, and a lot of things that people teach in this day, what they taught in early Acts, is different than what Paul teaches. And that's kind of where a lot of denominations don't understand rightly dividing. And that's where the mystery comes into play, which is Paul, who was the biggest persecutor of Jesus and of the Jews who were following him. He was given grace by Jesus who appeared to him. And that was 
basically what he describes as uh, abounding grace, right? um, That despite blaspheming the Holy Spirit, despite being, you know, the worst of all, he was chosen to be that apostle to the Gentiles because the Jews did not uh did not repent basically and he was had a mystery revealed to him which is what you know all churches kind of teach some form of because but they don't necessarily understand it so they try to mix in other doctrines from other parts of the bible because they're ignorant of the dispensations basically but that mystery is different from that prophetic uh plan that goes on in revelation and is described in early acts and that fulfillment of the prophecy that was supposed to happen was put on pause in this dispensation for um it's basically the stumbling as described in romans 9 through 11 the stumbling and the fall of israel was the beginning of non-jews gentiles to partake in the body of christ and to be saved by the gospel that is preached by Paul. So before Paul, no one was preaching that you're saved by the blood of Christ and what he did on the cross. And he says, the reason why that was a mystery, kept secret since the world began. So this was God's plan since the beginning. It was kept a secret because if it weren't kept a secret, then Satan wouldn't have had Jesus killed because Jesus being killed, reconciling the whole world, you know, that's how he describes it, and uh, I'm not sure which book it is. But he says that Jesus wouldn't have died if if he if Satan knew that was going to happen, because Satan has a good grasp on Scripture, a better grasp than anybody, so, any human has. I want I want to uh, I wonder what you think about um, the, there's like 15 Christ-like figures before Jesus Christ, like a thousand years before, like. Uh, examples off the top of my head well buddha like krishna um there's like these you know figures um that had like the similar story to jesus that like and it actually got down pretty good detail um with uh, the you know went on the cross uh the three days rose again type of story and like yeah so yeah i know what you're talking about my my question to that or my my the way i see that is how do we know that those stories were written before christ died how do how do we know that like because we're we are taking the word of some man that is saying this is you know whether it's a book written or whether it's you know debate saying you know i found this here or whatever um no, no you're really right because i thought about that like i'm like because i was having a really hard time dealing with this because i was you know strict christian and now i'm getting this information i'm like shit (laughs) i'll give you a good example the book of enoch it's really popular in flatter circles i I was big into it uh, until i realized what it was and because it's hard to give this up right so enoch is a really cool book about the giants and about the workings of the earth and about the fallen angels like all the stuff that's like the cool really fun stuff to read about in the bible Enoch like expands on it all and it's all based on a a verse in Jude where it says as Enoch prophesied saying he'll come with ten thousands of his saints right and then what happened was a book gets dug up so think about this in like the 60s or something 
it's a big national news story. My parents talked about how big a news story this thing was when they dug up that book Enoch and they discovered it, quote unquote. And it's a big national news story. So right away, you know, with knowing how this all works, we know that that's a deception, just straight up. The book Enoch was dug up and it was a big national news story, like worldwide news. And then they use it to then start reinterpreting the Bible, right? It's like, oh, well, now we have all this new information and we can, in light of this, now we can look at the Bible and find this new information. But really, so that's the deception, is this book never actually existed. But when they wrote it, they quoted, they used that quote from Jude and then put that line in the book of Enoch. So it says, he will come with 10,000 saints. So then you got that reference. You got, okay, it said in Jude that even as Enoch prophesied, it didn't say he wrote it down. It said he prophesied. And then you got this book, Enoch, now that has it in there. And they've just, all they've done is put that connection in there to make you think that the Bible is referencing it. And it, and then they make it, then you think it's scripture. But then you take all the other things in Enoch that are counter to scripture and um, you, you just kind of got to make them work. Like the fact that Gabriel is... Gabriel's like forgiving sins and stuff and he's like he's an intercessor it's the KJV says that Christ is the only intercessor for man but I think in the, in Enoch it tells you that Gabriel's interceding for man so there's all these contradictions that come up when you believe Enoch is scripture but it's not it's just a, another one of those media deceptions put out there to, to throw Christians off and to and, kind uh, of get people confused so do you oh. think about that uh, with the same same concept with the other 13 uh, by, books of the Bible that weren't like included, I guess. Yeah, the uh, okay. all the uh, the, the Roman one, the ones that are all in the Catholic uh, Bibles. I forget. Um, apocrypha. The, the apocrypha. Yeah, yeah the, those were in. Yeah, they were they were actually put into the original in the in the original KJV. They were in between. They were they were put in there as historical books. In the apocrypha. Um, and uh but they were like specifically called out as not inspired they're just there for historical reference so you mm. know i i give history like no grains of salt and you know whatever maybe a and, grain and i'll also point out that a lot of those stories about you know um the story of jesus is the same as isis and osiris and you know whatever gods that they want to say i i would highly suggest looking into every one of those stories like looking deep into it not just from like some new age conspiracy perspective because i've personally done that and what i've found is that these ideas that you know jesus is an allegory that's copied from all these other places i've found that there's almost no like basis for that like the stories are like they'll take one little segment of the story where you know someone was reborn or they'll say that they were quote born from a virgin as well in like the mythological story but if you actually read that mythological story they're not they're not even close and the the new age kind of deception is really reaching for trying to you know you know make this argument that Jesus didn't exist because here's some stories that they're telling the same thing but yeah, really, really look into each of those things because that's what I did because I, I was, you know, I want to know the truth and I want to know is is that actually the truth? And the more I looked into it, the more that it seemed like a huge stretch to make those types of arguments. But it is very popular. Like with the Antlian conspiracy, I think that's something Eric Dubé is connected with and, and other kind of 
flat earth faster theology knowing said people like santos Bonacci and um what's his name uh donahue it's really common for them to make those arguments but i i found them quite unconvincing when i really dive into it can i expound on that a little bit um mm-hmm. just want to mention too like so that like we said before satan right satan had access to the old testament scriptures he knows the bible better than any anyone and he he was trying to quote it to jesus to deceive him you know um and he so he knew through prophecy that there was going to be the messiah born of a virgin i mean that was written way before jesus was born um through prophecy also the fact that he was going to die uh that was written and he was going to he was going to resurrect so none of that stuff is part of this mystery that was hidden from satan he knew all that stuff um but he didn't know the reason um he didn't know the like what what was going to happen through that death uh that the gentiles were going to be made partakers but um and and basically overthrow his rule but that's a whole side thing but i'm just getting at that prophecy was written before christ even came uh, prophecy showed that Christ was going to be born of a virgin. He was, you know, he's going to suffer and die and all this stuff. Um, so even if, even if you did find a book written before Jesus walked the earth, depicting that kind of information, uh, the devil had access to all that information ahead of time, and he would have understood it better than than any anyone else. I mean, because he's been around from the beginning. So, just want to mention that. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like remember a large part of the doctrine of uh, the Bible, and no, I, I just like I'd really like to just like dissect this with you guys one time, maybe, um, just make a huge video about it because I feel like like this is I mean when people watch that video I mean there's, um, like, even even me I'm like still like pretty convinced of it, but I really do want to like dissect that video. Uh, with like you because I mean you, you have a really good opinion about this I really uh, it's really interesting I really enjoy you sharing that <laughs> yeah sure um if there's anything else really did you want to talk more about it no of course yeah I'm just like yeah I, I really want to watch that uh, video now which video are you talking about the one uh, that the uh, talks doesn't exist and the, the oh right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I think for me like uh that one it's just realizing that that Eric Dubay is essentially I mean he's a self-admitted ex-mason he claims he's no longer a mason I mean the whole thing like you got videos of him dressed in drag out there he's part of the whole he's just he is the quintessential you know plant that's he was the first one pushed out in 2015 so it makes perfect sense to me why he would be trying to get people away from Christ um he did have me deceived for a while right after I got into flat earth. I started meditating and stuff. Um, but what it comes down to is why the lie? I mean, why, who, what, you know, there's a God, what God is worth hiding? Like, why would they, what, what there's only, when you get down to it, the nitty gritty of it, there's only one God that's worth even if there is, and also the whole supernatural deception, like the deception is beyond I think this deception is beyond human, human capability. It's something so vast that it's, it, to me, it also proved a supernatural deceiver. And when you read the Bible in that, 
when you read the Bible, it describes this situation. It describes a deceiver that's spiritual in nature that can influence humanity in ways where, like, you have group, two different groups of humans don't even know they're working towards the same goal. They have no clue, but they're being influenced in the ba in the in the background spiritually, and um, so it's the only way that this kind of thing is possible is, is when there's these all these groups of people that don't even know they're working towards the same goal are working towards the same goal, and um, and so the only God worth hiding from humanity is Jesus Christ. I mean, if you, once you get down to it, he's the only one that says, I've done it all for you. There's nothing that you can do. Um, all the other ones are like, you got to do all this stuff. And they're all out there. Like every, even the Jesus Christ that we're presented with is the one that says, you need to do all this stuff to deserve eternal life. Like that's what you got to live a sinless life. You got to do all this. You got to walk the walk. And that's the Jesus that's presented to us when if the Jesus in the Bible says, I've done it all. You can't do it. Like you're, everything you do is filth to me because you are so far below me. That's the true God. He's so far above us that there's nothing that we could do that would make us worthy of anything of him. It's simply his grace that is that gives us, it's his want to be merciful That that is the reason we get to have eternal life. And all we need to do is believe it. All he wants is to if for us to believe what he said about himself, essentially. And um, I think once you get down past all the stuff, it's it comes down to that. There's only one God that's worth. There's only one person. It's Jesus Christ that's worth hiding. All the other ones. What's what's the point of hiding um, uh, Muhammad? What's the point of hiding Buddha? Like most of these other religions uh, require an infinite space anyway. They all think that they're traveling the cosmos and stuff. Yeah, no one's uh, no one's out yelling, "Oh, Muhammad," you know, <laughs> or "Oh, Krishna," you know, as a as a curse word, essentially. I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit. Um, I was always, you know, like us were all true seekers. I I suppose I was definitely into Buddhism, into different New Age things, and I always was aware of conspiracy before I was even aware of flat Earth, and I was aware of there being a lot of evil basically in the world and you know me trying to understand what's you know what's the good side right so you have your uh, i don't know if it's true or not but you're like your your blood harvesting masons and um illuminati and secret societies the the bavarian society um you know the uh Alester crowley uh any any of those types of things right and I'm seeing that and, and we have proof of how evil and, you know, wicked a lot of these people are um, going back to, you know, things in society that we see today with the, um, the inversion agenda and learning about the history of like the people that even coined the term gender and Kinsey and why our society is so messed up in that regard. So I see all that evil. And my question is, this is me not even considering the Bible or or, uh, or God of the Bible as being, you know, real, because I just thought, you know, the Bible is just another way to the truth, right? And so I look into all of the good versions of this, the the asceticism, um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that word right, but basically like that idea of uh, being so pious that you're, um, you're fasting, you're meditating, and that exists across all forms of religion. Um, the yogis, the Buddhists, and even the, you know, even 
Christian monks or whatever that were essentially New Age. <clears throat> and the more I research into all these good good side of the New Age, the more I find that no matter how deep I look into Buddhism, no matter how deep I look into you know Hinduism and the yogis and the Sikhs, which are basically like yogis of Islam, the more and more I look into it, the more I see that these good guys are using the same symbols as the bad guys are. And so that's where I really like reached this real confusing part um, in my head. And that's about the time where I started learning about the flat earth and realizing that we were created. Um, I, everything I'm like, ooh, you know, maybe this has some information. Like maybe, um, and I guess you could believe that these symbols are the new age God, but it's the Illuminati that uh, corrupted it and used these symbols wrong. But no matter where I'm looking, I'm seeing, you know, why are these guys that are the, the cult of the good people who are doing meditating, they're, you know, not, they're vegan or they're not killing people. They're, they're not having sex, they're celibate or whatever it is. <clears throat> All these people are using the exact same symbols and the exact same terminology as the Luciferians are. And so that's where I really came to the understanding, the way I view it, is that these are both sides of Lucifer's coin. You know, he has a he comes as an angel of light. So he's going to present to you his good side, which is, you know, you've seen or might know of somebody that <clears throat> goes to festivals and they take shrooms and LSD and... Um, they talk about how God is love and we're all just love and <clears throat> all this stuff. And just seeing how those things truly merge that bad and that, that good, that they really are connected to that same thing. And so when that, that happened, that's like, that kind of crushed my spiritual reality. Like I, I had experience with um, shamans and ayahuasca and, and all that type of stuff. And so, um, having like that experience and seeing that one it's a deception not all it's cracked up to be you know these guys that are your most pious gurus are are wicked you know and that's um and they they may think that they're holy and they may think that there's other people that are the actual wicked but the bible is the only thing that told me the truth about that and that's that none of us are righteous and so this idea of like being able to be righteous enough to like come back to the source to reach nirvana or any of those types of concepts really doesn't make any sense. So that's my, uh, my kind of point on the, the new age itself is that even the good side of it can't, can't really serve as an answer to the bad side because they're so closely related. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if you want to control your uh, the other side, you just install leaders and uh, control them that way. <laughs> Divide. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Exactly. It's that whole Hegelian dialectic. You control both sides. So Satan has the both the yin and the yang. He has the light and the dark, and he's gonna come in the in the end times when he comes when when he comes incarnated. Like he's gonna come as the Antichrist. He's going to be. Like, my favorite character as a kid, Superman. He's going to be that Superman character. He's going to represent hope and goodness. And he's going to destroy 
this false darkness that he set up. So like all this stuff we read about, all the terrible stuff, like you know I said earlier that once you get deep enough down the rabbit hole, you realize that most of that rabbit hole was actually deception to begin with. Like it was just not real. It was set up there to distract you. Well, most people believe in that stuff. So this dark evil that's out there where people are eating babies and whatever, sure that stuff's happening, but it's not, I don't believe that it's the extent that we're presented or like this AI, this AI that they're going to create, that's going to take over the world. Um, that kind of stuff. The Antichrist, when he comes, he's going to destroy that. He set that up so that he could knock it down. And so that's going to be the light side destroying the dark side. Oh, that's and, yeah. and that's how the Antichrist destroys through peace. He's going to bring peace to the world. Um, and, uh, you know, it says that in Daniel. And, and so he's going to bring peace, destroy the world through peace, and he's going to deceive everyone into thinking he's the good guy. And he's going to look like Christ to everyone. He's going to be the Messiah of all these religions. Um so yeah, it's it's that Satan's been over time, and this is one of those things too. Like you hear about, oh, these secret societies—they are so patient. They die, they live and die, knowing that their plan will never come to fruition. It's going to be generations. That's not true. That it's all been—it's these spiritual beings, uh, these fallen angels and Satan who ha are alive, and they've been alive since the beginning. Um, they're the ones that are putting this stuff into play. They're the ones actually controlling the humans down here, puppeteering them. Um, so these humans might not even necessarily know. Some of them do. I'm sure there's some that are straight-up Luciferians that just think that he's going to win, and he's got them thinking that he's going to defeat God and give them freedom, like who I used to be, like a libertarian, right? If you're a libertarian politically, and then I come to you and I'm like, hey, the truth is that God is a king, and he's going to rule for eternity as a king, and you're in his kingdom. Like the, A libertarian doesn't, doesn't want to be under a king. Um, so that's when you realize that even that type of a mentality is from the devil. Like that whole idea that I'm not, I can't have someone ruling over me when God is a King of Kings. Like he's, he's a benevolent dictator, um, which happens to be the, if you break it all down, it's the best situation, a dictator who is completely benevolent and can't even tell a lie, like physically can't even do it. I mean, that is the best case scenario. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So people don't want to be under authority, essentially. Yeah, I get that. And, like, people don't like the inconveniences of trying to live a holy life and stuff like that. Uh, that, I guess, like, isn't a problem for me. I I just have, like, a problem with the lack of evidence over Jesus. I, I don't... Outside of the Bible, there's not really, like, any... There, people claiming, like, uh, there's, like, Josephus, but, I mean, it kind of goes to the point, like... Do you trust the historians? <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Exactly. Yeah, that's... Do you, do you expect any any historian, you know, in that day to write about how, um, you know, God is the true king and that everyone is basically saved? You know, you know that that's only going to be recorded in the Bible. And the reality is, is that... the. The proof of Jesus in the witnesses and what occurred after all that, and the um, the history that we have in the Bible, and you know, probably thousands, hundreds of thousands of manuscripts that come to the Bible that we have now, we have far more proof of Jesus's existence through that than we do of like Alexander the Great even being like a real person. But we just we just accept him as being as being real. But I mean, that's what I believe in, and knowing that God is real, 
because of the flat earth is, is a great segue there into understanding that if God is real, now that we know he's real, how would he communicate to us? Like, how, how do we get to know him? And to me, that answer obviously isn't, you know, going to raves and taking drugs and having orgies and saying we're all love, you know? And, and I, I would, I would certainly, you know, if you want to talk to us about this part, I living a holy life is not a prerequisite for being Christian or even being saved. And there's a lot more complexity to that because there's, there's that kind of uh, dichotomy between our corrupted flesh coming from Adam and our curse essentially, and the new body and the new spirit that we're given through Jesus. And uh, Paul writes about this in I think Romans seven about how, um, you know, you don't want to do things that are bad, but it's sin living in you that causes you to do those things, even though you don't want to do them. And if you could will it, you wouldn't, but we aren't, you know, we aren't built to live a perfectly holy life. That's not to say that not that being holy is bad, you know, but it's not, uh, it, we're not designed to do that without Jesus. And without, without God, God. See, like, if I went back to my church, my, my pastor would argue this with uh, Romans 6, and, like, um, I'm not sure if you're so familiar with that, but it's pretty much the entire chapter is just saying, like, we're not to live in sin after we're saved type of thing. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, so there's no doubt that we're not, we're supposed to, like, we're not supposed to go out there fornicating and, and doing all this stuff. But like, you know, Christ makes it clear that if you look at a woman in lust, that you're committing adultery in your heart. Right. So like he's the, everyone likes to point out a certain sin or something like pornography or whatever it is. But if you look at a woman and you find her attractive and you have uh, that lustful thought, that's, that's adultery right there. So there's things that are just in us thoughts that we have just our daily thoughts that go through our head that are sin and we can't possibly stop it it's sin it's literally sin in us that's doing all this uh, our bodies are corrupt like we're this rotting flesh sack and we're gonna get once you're in christ you get a new body but we don't have that body yet. once you get the new body then sin's gonna be done but not until then um and there's evidence for that like in corinthians like, yeah, we're not supposed to live these sinful lives. Like, we're supposed to try to, like, bring our thoughts to the captivity of Christ. But there was a guy, a saved Corinthian, in the Corinthian church, who was having sex with his uh, father's, or his, yeah, his father's wife, you know? And Paul writes about what to do to, you know, try to bring him back into the fold. And then eventually he does come back and they, and they comfort him. And, but, the whole one of the big doctrines that you got to get is once saved always saved right like if you get saved if you believe the gospel if you believe that christ jesus died for your sins and that he, he he paid the price fully and there's nothing that you can do to make you deserve um salvation 
there's nothing that can also there's also nothing that can happen to take you out of Christ. You can't then fall and end up in hell. It's impossible. So understanding that helps understand the whole sin issue that you're gonna stumble and you're gonna have these battles. There's a constant battle between the inner man, the the, the new man inside, and your old man is your flesh. And there's this if that fight isn't happening, something's not right. I mean, there, it's gonna happen. So there's a you, you don't want to do things, and and that's what Paul wrote. He's like, um, that which I do, that's what uh, that which I would I do not, uh, but evil which is I would not that I do. So he's like complaining that he doesn't want to do things, and the things he doesn't want to do, he ends up doing it. And uh, that's sort of the life of a the of a struggling Christian that's trying to live by the law. And uh, so yeah, it's it's. It's a deep doctrine, but if you if you believe essentially if you don't believe that if you believe there's a way you can lose your salvation because you fall into sin or something, I worry about that type of a of an attitude because it means you'd never believe that Christ died for your sins. Because if he died for all your sins, he died for him past, present, and future too. He's it's not like he died and he paid the payment and then you have to do this other thing. Like like there's nothing that we can do. I mean that's that's so important to understand, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just have like so many different when when I was the the doctrine that my uh, the, they would teach you. Um, I would just say like I can't really bring up the scriptures too clearly right now because it's been a couple of months. But I know it's like whole Romans chapter six. It's like um, you know you know what's what's pretty cool too is like I was actually able to like begin to live more holy and holy and holy as I was like being a Christian and the whole like idea of being sanctified um like that's just the, yeah. I, don't, I don't know I, I did recognize like a transformation yeah and there, I, I believe there is when you believe the verses that you read like I think you're talking about Romans 6 6 knowing this that our old man is crucified with him Christ and that the body of sin might so the body that the body of sin might be destroyed and that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin so it's the whole idea that our we are our old man has been crucified nailed to the cross with christ we are now dead to sin and we can walk in newness of life in christ and that's true i mean all that's true um so yeah, yes. and like the newness now, of life, life would represent the holy life, you know, because of grace, with right. grace and, and Christ being holy. And that's true, and that and that's all good and great. But the whole idea is that just because that's true, it doesn't mean that you're required to do that to be saved, right? That's true, but that's true for somebody who is saved. Romans six is after you're saved. Um, so when you're when you're writing when you're reading Romans six, it's it's to a saved individual. They went through Romans one through five. Romans one through five, you know, condemns us and tells us how to get saved. And then Romans six is now now that we are saved, these are the truths, and you can you can believe this stuff. And a lot of people struggle with it. Like they might not they might not believe that they're dead to sin. They might still think that sin is working in their lives, and and therefore it will. It'll still take over and still cause them to do sin until you get your mind 
to believe that you are dead to sin, you're still going to suffer. You're going to, you're going to suffer through it. So the key is understanding that that stuff is already a saved believer there. And uh, I'm sorry, my kid's yelling at one second. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. And that's, that's not to say that when you're saved and God is working through you, that you're not going to see changes in your life. Like, I don't know if you had this experience, um, but for example, I don't, I don't get pleasure from listening to like secular music like I did before. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make me feel that same kind of way. Um, if I'm sure somebody who were to be saved and you know they're, re they're reading the Bible and they're, um, you know, they didn't just get saved and kind of forget about it. Um, well, maybe even if they did, you know, things that your consciousness, consciousness is wrong, like, um, you know, fornicating or something like that. Uh, it's probably not going to have that same power over you like it did before, like, like everyday people, you know, everyday people, they, you know, wake up and listen to whatever music, you know, gets them hyped and makes them, feel good emotionally then they you know go have sex with whoever and it it feels good to them and it, it, they don't even think twice they're like kind of just living in their flesh but someone who is you know beginning that work in the spirit it's not like it's not like they're like um you're not you don't you shouldn't feel like you're forcing yourself to stop something because you're supposed to be living holy it should you know that that should become manifest through that working internally and that kind of uh being more congruent with how you are internally I, and yeah I, I like what they would teach was that you, you can't you're not going to be like perfect off the bat but like what you everything that you do commit and considered sin is like you can uh, well, having that god godly sorrow attachment, like, um, and it kind of makes a little more sense to me because it's like if if you disobeyed like a rule of your own house, let's say like uh, your your own dad, uh, it's not like they're just gonna like completely abandon you, but they're um, he's gonna punish you. But the punishment for us spiritually is like the the guilt feeling. So then we just um, having that attachment i guess um it's kind of like i don't know well when when you believe the scriptures and you know what god has done for you through christ basically taking away your past present and future sin you know your your mental is just going to be different you know your parents ask you to do something that you don't want to do um you're way less likely to think twice knowing that the scriptures that saved you are the scriptures that say you shouldn't be disobedient to your parents. I mean, it's not a salvational thing. Like, it's not like being disobedient to your parents or fornicating or committing any sin. You know, if you're saved and, and you kill somebody, you know, you're, you're still saved. But that, I mean, that that's something that 
messes with people's head because a lot of people, you know, think, and this is a lot of people that are Christians, they think, you know, I, you know, I may sin, but I don't sin as bad as the guy who does this. So like, maybe I lied, you know, everyone lies probably every day, at least once. Um, maybe I lied, but you know, my sin is not as bad as the guy who steals. And the guy's like, oh yeah, maybe I stole this, but my sin is not as bad as the guy who killed somebody. And that guy's like, oh, I may have killed somebody, but my sin's not as bad as the person who, you know, killed more people, or my sin's not as bad as a child predator or something like that. And it just goes down the line, and that's just how us humans, our philosophy and, like, wisdom is weak compared to God's. Because God has not committed a sin ever. He's eternally righteous, has never even told a lie, which is probably, like, the smaller version of sin so that's why god is righteous in judging us for not accepting his basically his plan for salvation for us so um it writes in i believe paul writes in romans that um about moses and god says to moses i will have mercy on who will have mercy i will have compassion on who will have compassion so it's not up for us to decide um what god thinks is you know our salvation or what is righteous or not like we're saved because of his righteousness he is so righteous that he is basically formed it's like we're the word a, a judge is judging us in like the court and god's the judge and he's a perfect judge and he's offering us a guilty plea of saying you know i believe on jesus christ for my sins and god's going to judge jesus not you i mean that's basically how it works um god is giving us the judgment that christ would get and since christ was perfect that's why we get that um that mercy basically as he he did it all for us and judged himself so it's it's all about his righteousness and not about what we do to be righteous and and that that's not to say that we shouldn't strive for that or aim for that um a lot of uh, the doctrine that uh, Dave and I talk about with our pastor and other people that we're uh, acquainted with regarding this is that um, the Bible writes, I'm not sure exactly where this is, that there are, you know, tons of stars in the sky. S some shine brighter than others. And that's basically what it's going to be at the end for everybody. Some people are going to be gloried more and some people um, are going to have less the glory for, you know, how much um, sanctification, glorification that they've had. And that's not to say, like, you go to hell because you sinned less than someone else or you go to heaven because you, um, or you go to hell because you sinned more than someone else or you go to heaven because you sinned less than someone else. It's, uh, it doesn't, there are people that, you know, understand this, uh, this doctrine that we're given, this dispensation that's given to us of being saved freely by grace alone. There's some people that kind of stick to that point. They're like, oh, you know, I'm under grace. I can do whatever I want. You know, I'm saved anyway, which is true, but that's not what we're taught in Paul's epistles. So after Romans, you get Corinthians where Paul talks to the Corinth church about, that's like what Dave was talking about. Um, 
the the guy who was fornicating with his dad's wife um and and others that basically were saying you know we're saved by grace so we can do whatever we want and there's a lot of issues with that um one of those being that you know if someone you're trying to evangelize you're teaching them about the gospel and teaching them about god and they're like oh well you're teaching me about you know god but you um you drink alcohol or, or you um smoke weed or uh, you lied here you stole here or, or whatever it is so it is like advantageous to us and our glory in representing god to not do those things especially um especially for like that that reason so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of good points to sanctification glorification and uh, kind of like how you say living that holy life but but living that holy life needs to come from the inside not from just you kind of like forcing yourself to live holy because you think you need to do these things to be go to heaven that's no different than what you know buddhists teach that you need to follow, follow like the five noble truths and the, the eightfold path of um I, I don't remember all the specifics but like you know not killing any animals and not stealing not lying not um not, not having sexual immorality and all those things the buddhist is essentially teaching that like by living those things that you're going to kind of become one with the universe or like be accepted back to God. But um, the truth is that we can't really do any of those things without a change in our inner man. And that only comes through Christ. Man, the deception. i tell you what. <laughs> Can I just read uh, the, these, I love these verses about the new body. Cause this is what uh, Josh was talking about. The new, the glory like so what you're what you're talking about is your sanctification like how holy you live and all that if it's if you're doing it for the right reasons like after i got saved i knew god was real i was like i threw away all sorts of stuff uh then it, it took me a while to realize that you know i was doing that through my own efforts trying to please god in my flesh instead of just studying his word trusting him and and believing it um but there is a, a system of reward. Um, there's a judgment seat of Christ and there's a system of reward and it has to do with eternal glory. So people who like, if you go through your life as a saved Christian and you're just fornicating and doing whatever the heck you want, you're not going to have as much glory in eternity as, as a Christian who didn't do that. They studied their Bible and they let Christ form in them. Um, and, and Paul talks about that in Corinthians. He says, but some men will say, how are the dead raised up? And what and what body do they come? This is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 35, I'm starting at. But... And then he says, Thou fool, that which is soweth is not quickened except it die. Um, and that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare, but bare grain. It may, it may chance of wheat or some other grain. So the body, our fleshly body, is being um, compared to the grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him that every seed his own body all flesh is not the same flesh so he's talking about now like the wheat when the when the seed dies it it then all of a sudden the wheat will grow up or whatever plant grows up from that seed that's the new body um 
and he talks about the different thing fleshes not all flesh is the same flesh but there is one of a, a kind of men another flesh of beasts another of fish and of birds so there's these different bodies that are meant for these certain areas like fish are meant for the seas birds are meant for the air um humans and then and then it says there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial so that immediately when we hear celestial bodies from our indoctrination we think of stars but in the Bible, these are literal bodies that are meant for the heavens. That's our future body that we're going to be raised up in. Um, there's, and right now we're in a terrestrial body. And it says, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Um, there is one glory of the sun and another of the moon, glory of the moon and, and another glory of the stars for one star different from another star in glory. Um, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So that's the idea, is that all the Christians throughout time, for this time we're in now, all our bodies are sown in corruption with these, these dead bodies, and we're all going to be raised in glory. But not everyone's going to be the same glory. There's going to be these differing glories, just like the stars have differing glories. Our celestial bodies are going to be glorified based on how much we let Christ grow in us, based on our uh, our uh, reading and studying the scriptures and learning doctrine and things like that, not based on how much work we did. But when you learn the scriptures and learn what they say, you believe it, it will work in you. Like the you'll you read those verses in Romans six that your pastor's talking about and you'll believe it. You'll be like, I I'm dead to sin. I have no no more need for it. Um and, and then that'll just start happening because you'll believe it. Just like if you believe there's a God you're gonna change your, your mind changes and it changes how you act, but it's not you specifically like, I'm going to stop smoking today because I want to stop smoking today. It's like, it's just because you've, you now believe in God, you have this new belief system and it just causes these things to just go away. And, um, that's a real way, but it, but p there are people that don't do that and they're just going to be raised with a differing glory. So that, that's sort of how those tie together that there is this heavenly eternal reward system. Uh, related to our sanctification in Christ. Um, but it has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with, you know, going to hell. That's all after salvation. salvation like, yeah. Like, for example, think of think of all the guys on, like, Reddit's NoFap uh, subreddit that are, like, struggling every day to, like, not look at anything lewd. When you have... Christ's work in you through your belief of the scriptures and belief in God. I, I, I can surely tell you that it would be far easier for anybody who's trying to quit something like that to do it that way than to just trying to like, you know, for, force themselves in the flesh when they have no inner change that's causing them to, to want to change that. Yeah. It's like when you, uh, the teaching of when you believe in uh, well yeah when you believe in god that he um when you change your mind about god that he'll change your heart type of i remember hearing that but it, it, yeah, it was really true sure. and i i have a i mean self testimony testimony with that um i mean it could just be like the the idea of putting a problem with something or, or with someone or whatever but i don't know it was just like it was really real. I mean, I was able to do like, I mean, quit what I did, and um, eventually became very easy when you just put that on the, when you just that strong of faith, you know. 
Um, it really keeps you attached, I guess. And yeah, I don't know. A lot, a lot of what you've been saying has got me kind of like a little more uh, turntables against, or you know, for to towards Christianity because I, I don't. I, I'm still like pretty c- confused about it. I, I guess it's kind of like a. I don't know. I, I, God says he's not the author of confusion, but yet I like every topic has to be you know elaborately explained and all this stuff. Well, well, I would I would definitely say that a lot of that confusion isn't from his word. It's from all these preachers and pastors and you know denominations that are trying to over conceptualize or spiritualize or make certain passages say that they they don't and we you know i find that a lot of people that have had extensive experience in a denomination it's like the more that they've learned from that denomination not from the word of god the more you have to unravel of things that have messed them up whereas someone that you take from like a kind of nothing standpoint like maybe I, I grew up in a church for a few years, but I wasn't super into it. But maybe for someone like Dave, um, that, uh, that that it's easier it's easier almost to build up for a place where he's at because he doesn't have he you know he hasn't spent years in in churches that are you know teaching about things that that aren't biblical, and that's part of the reason you get messed up. I remember. Um, uh, I grew up in a Methodist church. I remember a pastor doing a sermon and um, it's it's like they couldn't give a straight answer about trying to explain why in uh, certain places of the Bible it talks about essentially a salvation that is conditional and, and then Paul's epistles, which have a pretty clear, um, put it, pretty clear point that you're saved by faith alone without works. And that's, and that's you know, that's the issue of rightly dividing. So rightly dividing the word of truth, um, and that's to be a workman, you know, to not be ashamed that you you need to study the Bible. You can't just take little verses out of context and then spend, you know, like most preachers do. They'll take one verse and then they'll preach 30 minutes about their life and how that applies to their life. And they end up putting more of their own opinion on it than what God's opinion is. And that's where you get, um, and, and that's why, you know, we're, we're having kind of to give long explanations and it's not, it's not to understand God's word. It's to unravel how people have misused God's word. They've used the Bible, you know, kind of for their own opinions. I just have a hard time. I mean, how do you, decipher which one is going to be like the true meaning or what the scripture meant because uh, there's so many di- different you know depictions on each i mean literally every scripture in the bible I'd probably like how do you figure out which one is like the actual like you know truth i guess like which you know which way should i believe it <laughs> you know it's oh i'll let you input it david either yeah, I just uh, the answer to that is you gotta just you gotta start reading the KJV for yourself. I mean, if you read Romans through Philemon, uh, I mean that's what I would do honestly is just start reading it for yourself because that's what happened to me. It's like I read the Bible, found what I thought were contradictions, and I started looking in it deeper and trying to reconcile these things, and then figure found out about dispensationalism, 
um, and you sort of go down this truth seeking, the same truth seeking we did in the world. You then apply to the the KJV scriptures and you go through it, and it's the same, man. It's there's so much decept. The the amount of spiritual deception is is even bigger than the deception out in the world, including flat Earth and stuff. Because the devil is more involved in Christianity than anything else. I mean, because that's the truth. So he's he's in there trying to cloud it up as much as possible. So the only way you're going to get it is by reading the KJV, and then you'll start seeing these things that we were trying to go over today. I mean, it's all I I can't imagine how all confusing it is because it's been like quite a while of studying stuff for for myself to come to these conclusions. So trying to like get it all out in a couple hours is not going to really work. No, yeah. But, I, but but when you read the Bible, read Romans through Philemon, especially just Romans. Just yeah. read the book of Romans and start there and, and really uh and, and instead of like people tell you to go to 1 John and stuff and that's like the worst cuz that'll that that'll throw you so far off cuz that's Israel doctrine. So once you get if you get yourself established in Romans and Paul's epistles, which is Romans through Philemon, then you'll start to see how it differs from these other books that are outside of Paul's epistles, and you'll want to know why, and then you can see the diff- you can see why you'll start to see it. Okay, so that's what I that's what I suggest. According to you, what what would be like the situation where someone gets saved? Like, what what does someone got to do to be saved according to what you've interpreted from the Bible? Yeah, you simply need to to trust that Christ Jesus has paid the payment for you. He has done everything. His blood has has paid for your sins completely. He and I, you know, Jesus Christ was buried. Uh, he died for your sins. He was buried. And he rose again on the third day. Believe that. It's over. That's it. There's you got to actually believe it. Um, so the, the same way that I believe that, that we're not living on a spinning ball, I believe that Christ Jesus died for my sins. He was buried and rose again, and there's nothing I can do. I, if I tried to get myself, dig myself out of hell, I'd have no chance of it. Um, Christ did it all for me. God, God became a man and, and suffered death. Like the God, an immortal God, became a man and suffered death for us. Like, it's that's it. There's nothing else to it. So... And, that, that and that's sense? that's all contained in the beginning of Romans. You don't need any more than Romans one through five to understand what the gospel is and and why we need it and why without it we deserve judgment. Because when you read Romans one through five, you're going to understand that we we deserve God's wrath. And if if it just had that part and it didn't have how to get saved in that part, then, and you were to understand that, you'd be looking everywhere about, you know, how, how, how you're going to be saved because that's a, that's like an exposition right there on on what we deserve and why we do, and there's, there's no way around it. But, yeah. you know, thankfully there is that answer that Paul gives to you about it right in there. Yeah, he says in Romans five seventeen, uh, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as any as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Um, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one 
shall many be made righteous. One, it's Christ. He's the only one. He's the one that makes us righteous, not us. We don't do anything. So it's just that uh, it's the understanding Adam caused the fall. Christ is our way out, and he's and he's it. And all you got to do is believe it. And that that's the gospel today. And it gets there's a lot of doctrine in there. After the once you get saved, you know you realize you become a new creature. You're in the body of Christ, which has neither Jew nor Gentile. There's all this other awesome information, but that's all stuff you learn after you believe uh, the gospel for your justification, which is justification is a court term, right? You're justified in the court system. You're you're declared not guilty, um, declared righteous, not not guilty. You're guilty, but declared righteous uh, yeah, by like... the judge. I'm just I'm like really curious. So what what do you think about like Masonic roots in the Bible? Like if you do you think like that? I mean they manipulated that in some sort of way. Like I feel I feel like that's entirely possible. Like right now, I guess. Uh, well, before I kind of like uh, talk with you here, uh, I kind of feel like that they they made the the people that wrote the Bible did not intend to create a religion out of it, even Christianity. I feel like it was just like, you know, um, teaching us deeper meanings and that Mason or Masons took the book and like made a religion, religion out of it and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know what you think about that or if you've ever thought about that. Uh, <laughs> if for, for me, I, I have to go after this, but, um, no worries. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get going, but, um, yeah, I, I looked into the Masons, and one of the one of the things that brought me to the Bible is when I was looking at the, this is before Flat Earth even, um, it made me start curious about the Bible. Is realizing the Masons like believed in the history of the Bible, so like all the history that we learn in school, the people that were high up in the Masons don't believe that. They actually believe there was an Adam and Eve. So like, the Masons basically believe in this weird in, inverted Bible that the snake, Lucifer the serpent is the one not the snake the serpent is the one trying to free us from the tyrant god and so that's and and they actually worship this this being called the light bearer have you ever seen like game of thrones or anything like that yeah they shows like like john snow is is like they, they they had this god remember that fire god the light and then john snow was like he died and was resurrected and he was called the king of the north all that's biblical and it's all representing <laughs> that i didn't even realize know, that yeah, it's all in the Bible. The king in the north, uh, you know, the, the Antichrist will die and rise again. And, you know, he's following this light. The, the light bearer is what the Masons call call him. They're waiting for this, the prince that was promised. They even say that in Game of Thrones, the prince that was promised. And it's the same <laughs> uh, phrasing in, in the Bible. So that's your Antichrist story, just like Superman and all that. But, um, yeah, the Masons believe the Bible, but they believe a, a corrupted, twist, twisted version of it. Um, and they are, I believe they are responsible for all the false versions of the Bible because you got 100, 200, 300 Bibles out there. Yeah. How do you know which one's the real one? Well, that's a whole nother topic, another two hour more conversation. But the King James issue is a real big issue. And whether you believe history or not, like if you believe some of the history, you know, it points to the King James. If you don't and you just read the King James, you'll just see that it's the truth. I mean, it's one of these things that's self-evident once you read it. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Masons are heavily involved in a lot of Bible corruption, but not the King James. The King James is actually preserved and you'll find those shills out there saying King James was a Mason. King James was gay, you know, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, what and do, what do, yeah. What do you think? About and that? I, yeah, I can, I just think it's that same shill behavior you get 
like what are those shields like it's the same behavior you get about flat earth stuff and what i wonder is and it's the same when you start looking in the king james rabbit hole these people that are just viciously against it like i that behavior i just saw that same shield behavior and i want i didn't understand why they would be there like if this if this is no issue like there's no there's no truth here. Why is this shield behavior happening about this King James issue? And and it's and it's always like those weird if even if King James were gay, I mean there isn't necessarily any proof of that, but even if it were, it wouldn't change like he didn't write yeah. it. So well, yeah, he didn't write he just he he created he had the king that protected its creation. But then you know, then I read I, I bought some books by King James. He's got these books on demonology and stuff, and it's just clear that based on his own writings, if they are his writings. And this is one of those things where you got to just, okay, I'm going to go with the historical narrative right now, or I'm just going to go with what it comes down to for me is I only believe the King James Bible is the only book I can read and know that it's the truth versus, but if I read these books that are allegedly written by King James, he's clearly against everything the Masons stand for. Like he's, he, he's aware of all of those practices and, and anti witchcraft and all that stuff. So he was, he was not, according to his own writings, he was not the type of man that would have been a Mason. He was the type of man that would have been persecuting the Masons and trying and, to get rid of And the, the biggest thing is that the, the issue they have is that we claim that the word of God is perfect and that word of God is contained there. And their issue is that is that we believe God's word. And so if, if we were to try to say, you know, they're like the King James Bible, it just has so many errors and this and that and it, it's in it's in a hard to understand language or something which those aren't true um you know if, if we were to sit there and say okay so where are the errors and where is the bible that you have that you know somehow doesn't have these errors they're not gonna have an answer because there are no errors and you know the most they're gonna try to they're gonna maybe try to come up with the the tiniest thing and it really, in, in, the more you look in, because I've done this, because I'm curious, I want to see, you know, what are these errors that people say are there? And I look into it, and and it's a, it's a nothing. It's a nothing. The real, there is no error. It's, it blows my mind. Misconceiving it. Yeah, like how it, the, uh, like a popular one is like, I saw God face, or I spoke to God face yeah. to face, but like referencing, it's a, yeah, it's symbol, symbolically speaking, not, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they say it's like the pineal gland, and that's that allegory there. Yeah, um, I actually I gotta go too. Okay, gotta, gotta I, I go really, with them. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming on here. We we definitely have to talk like again soon. It was um, it was really nice uh, getting to know you guys. It, um, Josh, Dave, thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. It's it's you know it's been a kind of a struggle to. Uh, get some people on here a lot of my friends don't even you know uh, I, I tried recording one uh, with a closer friend and it, we, we just had a hard time because you know we talk all the time and i don't know uh, i know everything about them so no it's really yeah. it's really awesome having you guys on here and very well, sounds good man we're we're uh we're down to do it again let's just uh set another time and if i don't know if you want to do it this week we can we can probably set up something later this week yeah of course yeah I really want to, I mean, even if you guys would be down to, like, dissect videos that go against, uh, like, sure. um, eventually, yeah. Like, no, sure. I really want to get to know you guys. You're really interesting. It, it was really awesome getting to know you guys. Uh, what, what Likewise, you guys man. About. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was really intelligent conversation. I haven't had one in a minute, but <laughs> oh my, I'm really thankful for you guys. It's very, uh, it's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Yeah, you have a good day. You still there, Dave, or are you gone? All right. Oh, let's see. Okay, yeah, it's just me. So, yeah. Uh, just kind of wrap it up. That was a really good podcast. Really good. Um, very thankful that they came on. Uh, thankful that I met them. Thankful that I they kind of, like, put this new perspective into my uh, head. Like, yeah, like, a lot of these things in the Bible could be, like, heavily manipulated. And uh, even the things that I've been presented with uh, through Eric DeBay um, could be shill. Uh Honestly, my standpoint right now, kind of wrapping all this up, I, I, I'm not shut down to Christianity, um, but the way that they believe it would go against the way that I would want to believe it, um, just because of the whole thing of like, uh, you're not supposed to practice sin, but I think we kind of like agreed on a lot of that. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm really just thankful that they came on and um, that I get to getting to know them and um, you know they, they're really they seem pretty knowledgeable on many different aspects of many different things and it's it's awesome um, getting these new perspectives because uh, for a while I've just hanging around the same people it's kind of just um, something I gotta change up as a person I guess I, I don't want to um, you know like your childhood friends are very, you love them, right? I, I love every one of them, but there's so many different people out there and there's so many different opinions and just things to talk about. It's just so just important. And uh, just from being in this conversation today for an hour or two here uh, was enlightening for me. I know I'm, I'm, uh, I feel a lot better for some reason. Um, but I am, I am still, like, fairly kind of, like, in the mix. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I want to think. Um, I think at just taking away from this, uh, always just be searching. Always look for answers. Always, you know, that, that's the stance I take. I'm, I'm never really, like, grounded on an idea. I'm always kind of, like, in that speculation kind of, like, set. But I do have, like, those boundaries that are... Um, there i'm very again uh thank you everyone for watching all the way through this or listening to on spotify i'm i'm going to be just uploading to spotify the full episodes and then uh, i'm going to be uploading like little clips onto youtube uh do it that way so i'm multi-platform and it just works out the best um, but yeah grateful that uh, this kind of sparked up again and had this conversation with these guys and um i want to do this probably two times a week i'm thinking uh, it'd be cool to do it again with them this week uh, i don't really know who has the time really but uh no i i don't really know what to think to wrap this up about my opinion on the bible and everything i feel like the Masons kind of like, again, I, I'm kind of like just kind of blown away with 
what uh what i've learned and i'm i want you guys to kind of i mean i I don't know where everyone sits here but you know whatever position that you sit and um kind of just you know don't be set on so set on even even if you're pretty far down in the rabbit hole and you think you have everything you think you know everything that's when you know nothing i can tell you that I, i can tell you that i when i when I thought I knew everything, like that's when it all kind of changed really fast. Uh, but no, very interesting getting his perspective on the Bible, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of thankful it didn't really go. It, it, it kind of went to like flat Earth, the flat Earth conspiracy, and from there, really like it ties in closely with the Bible. So I'm I'm thankful it kind of went that direction. We went and touched in a lot of different. Uh, subjects that a lot of touchy subjects I'm very thankful that Dave went through all of this with me and he's a really cool dude and next time I, I would like to have like more face cams available here so uh, it's a little more interesting than just watching you know little bubbles appear on the screen but I'm, I'm guessing most people are just like gonna listen to this on a you know but on their headphones whatever um, no I'm very open to this new idea and um i can't wait to see what they we go through next time here uh very thankful to have them on and very thankful to have you guys watch all the way through um it's it's been a kind of a rough time lately and uh i I had a really good experience with them i'm very thankful and you guys have a very blessed day and uh i'll catch you all probably sometime this next week hopefully i i you know two times a week i want so uh, y'all have a really good day there and i hope you took something away from this i took something away from this so you should so i'm not worried about that y'all have a good day